Hello and welcome to the Maluli Asset Management Podcast. Today is June 10th, 2015. This is Brendan and today Tom and I are going to talk about the S&P 500 and whether it's a good benchmark for you or me or anybody else. We're not saying that the S&P 500 is bad, but unfortunately many people that work in the market use the S&P as an easy benchmark to say, hey, your account is up this, the S&P is up that, here's where we're at. But that may not really be, that may be more apples and oranges. Yeah, and uh, I think a lot of people may use it also because it's it's a pretty recognizable index. Sure. A lot of people will do the same thing with the Dow Jones Industrial Average, and, and this conversation could apply to that as well. Um, and this really sprung from a conversation that we had around the research table this morning. Uh, we've mentioned in conversations with a few clients that the, the Dow Jones is flat for the year, the S&P is also flat for the year, uh, and now here we are, you know, reaching the middle of June. Yeah, and uh, as you probably know, we, we like to use point figure charts here at Maluli Asset Management, and the S&P's uh, default chart has been moving down in a column of O's towards its uh, support line, and we typically find during these pullback periods uh, in the S&P 500 in the markets uh, that we like to remind each other what the S&P 500 is because I think sometimes it's confused for being the market, right? And it really isn't. No, it's not. It, it that, that bucket of stocks, the S&P 500, are 500 of the largest US companies around. So these are this is a large cap bucket or a large cap yardstick that uh, a lot of folks use to measure against uh, I think we need to say the market is not 500 stocks. It's not representative of the entire market but it gets confused as that a lot. It, it really does. And for years, uh, people use the Dow Jones mm -hmm. as a, a benchmark. Now, more and more people are starting to use the S&P 500. But even that is not really an accurate reflection of what your portfolio may be comprised of. So is, is the S&P 500 really a good benchmark for portfolios? Well, if you're only invested in U.S.-based large-cap stocks, then maybe. Maybe. Right. Maybe. Maybe not, though, because it's also market-cap-weighted. So if your portfolio isn't market-cap-weighted, then it's, probably not. But that's going off on a tangent. Yeah. The, just to stay on that thought for a second, it's got to be U.S.-based, large-cap, and it's got to be 100% invested 100% of the time, like the S&P 500 is also. Uh, so if you've diversified away from large caps at all, the S&P 500 may not be the most appropriate yardstick or benchmark for you to use. So in our meeting this morning, Tim mentioned that uh, if you're invested in other areas like small caps, maybe using the S&P 1500 uh, as your yardstick might make more sense. And you actually brought up a very good point that if you have money invested in large caps, mid caps and small caps well maybe you ought to take it you know maybe we should have a different yardstick yeah, a different I'm, way to do it i was thinking that if you take the return of the s&p 500 for your large cap portion uh the s&p 400 for your mid cap portion and the s&p 600 for your small cap portion 
you can weight the returns of those indices to mirror the actual weightings of your portfolio, which would in turn give you a more accurate depiction of what your U.S. equity allocation has been doing. Now, a lot of people aren't even aware that there's an you know there's the S and P 500, which most people are familiar with, but there's this S and P mid cap 400 index and the S and P 600 for the small cap index. A lot of people aren't even aware of these things, but you can use them as different yardsticks for each portion of your investment portfolio. Right. So if your U.S. equity allocation is 25% large cap, 25% mid cap, and 50% small cap, you could take 25% of the return of the S&P 500, right? 25% of the return of the S&P 400 for mid caps, right? right? 50% of the return for the S&P 600 for your small caps, right? And measure your returns against that yardstick. And I think it would be a lot more accurate than just taking the S&P 500 and basing it of that. I want to just clarify a step further on something that Brendan just pointed out. That's for your U.S. equity allocation. Right. I mean, people are going to have a fixed income allocation and right. uh, international equity allocation as well. Could actually have commodities. Uh, they could have international bonds. Yeah. You know, there's going to be a portion probably sitting in cash. Mm -hmm. So it's really just for that U.S. equity portion. Mm -hmm. And we could do uh, something similar to create more accurate benchmarks for other asset classes too, like bonds and uh, international equity. I, I think now today with the explosion of ETFs, there's just more ways to get a better accurate read on what's happening uh, and how you're doing compared to what's a more appropriate yardstick. So when we do talk about these different investments, it's important to know that none of the securities that we mentioned in this podcast represent a past specific recommendation of Maluli Asset Management. And this podcast is not a recommendation to buy or sell any of the securities that we happen to mention in the podcast. But more importantly, if you're relying on a podcast for investment advice, we think you might be making a mistake. And so we strongly urge our listeners to always consult with an investment advisor before they make that decision to buy or sell any kind of investment. If you don't have an investment advisor, we'd be happy to answer whatever questions you might have without any kind of cost or obligation. Just pick up the phone. We're in New Jersey. You can find us at 732-223-9000, or you can find us on the web at maluli.net. Okay, that's all we have for now. We'll be back next week with a new podcast, and thanks for listening.